Chapter 9. Angels in the City of Churches Harold climbed into Brother Alfred Davies' buggy and the two men greeted each other warmly. Soon the rhythmic beat of the horses' hooves on the road accompanied the conversation of the two men as they headed north in the late morning Adelaide sun. After leaving Kent Town, they skirted the city centre and turned west into Churchill Road and resumed their northward direction. Before long, they arrived at the Islington Railway workshops in the suburb of Kilburn. We're in good time again, Harold. The men are not out yet, Alfred commented. That's good, replied Harold to his older companion. We'll have plenty of time to pray and prepare. If ever we needed God's help, we need it today. When the gong sounded, several hundred men appeared in the yard beside the road and began to eat lunch. Harold moved among the men and distributed literature. At the usual signal, Harold's friend at the workshops brought out his box. Harold handed his hat to his friend and stepped onto the box. He began to speak on the subject, who changed the Sabbath? Conscious that a number of his hearers were Roman Catholics, Harold preached from the Douay translation of the Bible. After Harold closed his address, some of the men warned him not to come the following week without a police escort, as threats had been made to stone him. Two Methodist ministers have been attacked with stones here not so long ago, one of the concerned men revealed. Don't worry, God will take care of me, Harold assured his informants. I'll be back next week. Alfred suffered with heart problems and Harold was afraid that any excitement might upset him. As they returned home in the early afternoon, Harold decided to raise the issue with him. Alfred, I think that it might be best if I go to the workshops alone next week. There could be trouble and too much excitement would not be good for your heart. Alfred thought for a moment and nodded his head slightly as he spoke. I think you are right, Pastor, but I don't want to see you go alone. If there's any trouble, it may be best that I'm alone, Harold responded. The Lord will protect me. He is in this work, and he will not let me face next week alone. Alfred seemed reassured by Harold's confidence, and the conversation turned to other matters. Harold and Anne made his forthcoming visit to the Islington Railway workshops a matter of special prayer, as they knew that the threat of violence could not be taken lightly. The second referendum on military conscription called by the Prime Minister, Billy Hughes, held late in 1917, was lost. Political and sectarian tensions remained high in Adelaide. The days passed quickly. Next week, Harold arrived at the Islington Railway workshops in good time to continue his series of lunch hour talks. As he distributed literature while the men were eating lunch, several men warned him to be careful. Harold assured each in turn that it would be all right. When Harold gave the signal, his box was brought out by his friend at the workshops. Harold gave his hat to his friend to hold and was about to step on the box when six strapping men with bare arms and all over six feet in height preceded him and lined themselves up behind Harold, facing the fence over which the stones would be thrown. The men did not speak a word but stood with their arms folded. Their attitude seemed to say to the crowd, throw a stone if you dare. For if a stone missed Harold, it would hit one of them. He stepped onto the platform with tremendous courage and preached as he had never preached before. 
the Spirit of God was present. Harold reviewed his addresses, including the one to which some had taken exception the week before. There was not a sound, and no missile was thrown. He concluded his address in time. The gong sounded for the men to return to work, and they disappeared through the gate. Harold had never seen his protectors before and did not see them as he stepped from the box. They were gone. Who were they? With deep gratitude in his heart to God for the protection he had experienced, Harold concluded that he had just witnessed the fulfilment of Psalm 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. What relief and joy greeted Harold when he arrived home from this experience unharmed. What a story Harold told to Anne and his children that night, a story impossible to forget. Anne told Harold that she had called the children together after he had left for the meeting to pray for his safety. The children who loved their father prayed earnestly that he would not be harmed. Harold's faith and courage were vindicated in a remarkable way. God protected his humble servant. Yet more than that, God sent his angels to the troubled city of churches so that these men, all precious in his sight, would have the opportunity to hear the great Adventist message without interruption. The incident at the Islington Railway workshops took place while Harold was conducting a tent mission in the suburb of Kensington, which is two suburbs east of Kent Town. The South Australian camp meeting took place at Kensington in late February and early March 1918, and Harold was asked to follow up the interest created by the camp meeting. Harold was assisted by Will Chapman and Sister Heiss. The mission experienced good attendances and many homes were opened for the study of the Bible. By May, many had decided to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath and were attending the Kensington Church. In addition to his evangelistic meetings and studies in 1918, Harold functioned as the Religious Liberty Secretary of the South Australian Conference. Life was full with work and raising his growing family. Then in October, at the Australasian Union Conference, Harold was called to take up city work in the Western Australian Conference. After two years in the South Australian Conference, Harold and his family were on the move again. Harold took his family back to the Gadsden home in Keysborough, Victoria, for a brief holiday, and the family arrived back in Adelaide in December for a week prior to leaving for Western Australia. While in Adelaide for the week, Anne washed her only good tussle of silk skirt and hung it over a wire fence to dry. To her shock, when she went to retrieve the skirt, she discovered that a calf had chewed holes in it. Anne had planned to wear the skirt on the boat to Western Australia. It was nearing Christmas and the church members at Kensington gave the family a Christmas cake to take with them on the boat. They boarded the SS Victoria in Adelaide just before Christmas and were farewelled by a group of church members the SS Victoria left Adelaide and headed west into the Great Australian Bight, bound for Fremantle in Western Australia. Mm -hmm.